You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. So homelessness, rising crime, lack of affordable housing, those are issues we talk about a ton here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Those are things that impact real estate for sure. Affordable housing is real estate, right? So we've got a deal here in Seattle going on. We've got a group um, that is basically putting together a thing called Compassion Seattle. It's uh, it's legislative. And the Compassion Seattle is a homelessness initiative that turns in signatures, and it's hoping for the November ballot. It is a project put together, it's legislation put together by a coalition of group uh, of uh, business owners from downtown Seattle. And they're going to basically try to get this this bad boy into law. And it states, city's got to build like 2000 units for the of, of housing for the homeless. It's got to dedicate like 12% of its budget general fund for homelessness and human services. And when there's enough housing or shelter for people living outside in Seattle, you keep your public streets and you keep your public parks clear. Uh, the homeless advocates are like, Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't like this. Cause that means sweeps. All right. If they have an option of living somewhere else that's housed, that the city's paying for, that we are paying for as taxpayers, they need to be there. That's what we're talking about today. If you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies. More importantly, I read the news. Let's do that. Enough of the intro, enough of the chit chat. The campaign to ch- and, and why I'm reading this and why do I read a lot of, of news stories from Seattle? Because the same stories that are happening in Seattle are happening in a lot of these other cities that are kind of same size, experiencing the same thing. Um, a lot of the stuff that happens in San Francisco is Seattle's just a junior version of that. So a lot of these storylines, they're all the same. And I picked the ones in Seattle because this is the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. The campaign to change Seattle city charter and force the city to deal with homelessness differently called Compassion Seattle has gathered more than 64,000 signatures, leaders say. That's nearly double what they need to put the issue to voters on November's ballot. But the signatures still have to be verified by the King County Department of Elections, which won't happen for a few weeks. If voters pass it, Charter Amendment 29 would force the mayor to create 2,000 shelter or housing spaces within a year, budget 12% of the city's general fund for homelessness and human services, and when there is enough housing or shelter for people living outside in Seattle, it would keep public spaces such as parks and sidewalks free of encampments. The amendment would only be in the city charter until the end of 2027. So leave it up to a group of business owners to actually try and get something done. The whole the whole homeless thing, to me, it, we're spending literally hundreds of millions of dollars in these big cities, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it's just getting worse. It's just getting worse. And we just kind of seem to let this thing go. And there's no traction. So, and I know a lot of the homeless advocates are saying, well, you know, we're doing what we can. We're really working hard. And I appreciate that effort. But when it's getting worse, you need some drastic action. And that is something like this, that this is what that is. And leave it up to business owners because business owners are like, all right, so we got a problem. What are we going to do to fix it? We're not going to just reimagine and rethink it. We're going to put something together. We're going to get the signatures. We're going to try and get this bad boy enacted. That's what business leaders do. Now, if you don't like that, that's fine. But I'm a business guy. 
And that's what I'm going to talk about. Because that's the from the standpoint of all the businesses that have had their worlds just rocked not only by the protests, the peaceful protesting, but by allowing the homelessness to just wildly get out of control during the whole CDC says you can't shut you can't have sweeps of homeless encampments because it might spread the Rona. All those businesses that have been impacted by that. This is kind of a reaction to that. Hey, get these people the help that they need, get them the housing that they need, allow us to use our taxpayer funded parks, and our own streets for their intended purpose so that life can kind of go back to normal the way it should have been and not have to have homeless encampments everywhere. The charter amendment put forth by business groups, but crafted with some input from homeless providers and labor leaders is a way to legally force the city council to fix homelessness after years of ramping up spending, said John Scholes. He's the head of the Downtown Seattle Association, the DSA. I read about them a lot because they're like the vocal business group that's that's saying, hey, wait a minute. This is really impacting our businesses in downtown. That's where business happens, right? And there's a lot of narrative about that right now is, um, all right, so we're all going back to work. We're going back to work in our high rises. Need to clean up that downtown because it's looking a little scruffy, little scruffy. And, uh, and he's one major booster of the measure. The business groups like Shoals have spent more than a half million dollars so far on messaging and gathering signatures. They are going for it. We think it's time for the voters to have their say, Scholz said. The charter is a serious document, and the crisis of homelessness on the streets is a serious emergency, and we don't think there's a better place to address it. I I tend to agree. Anything that is like drawing a hard line to me on, okay, we're going to go do this, I'm okay with, as long as it makes sense, as long as it's reasonable. Does this sound reasonable to me? It does. So I'm, I'm for it. This I I don't, you know, I'm not going to argue, hey, you're going to displace some people. I'm not going to say you're not going to do that. People who don't necessarily want to be in either a treatment center, or getting some mental health care help, or in an environment where they've got to live by some rules. It's going to displace some of those folks because they're just going to bounce around like they have been. But we've had here in the city of Seattle, we've had a homeless emergency since 2015, it's literally been declared a homeless emergency since 2015. And what have we done about it? Uh, well, we've moved some people around. We use some Fed, we're using some Fed money to put people up in hotels, we're buying some hotels. That's great and all but you got to get them off the street somewhere. And you got to get a program to do it. This is that this is an attempt at doing just that. But the initiative has been divisive. Candidates for the mayoral primary in August are almost evenly split on it. Not shocking. I mean, the fact that it's even divided, I'm surprised that it's not just lopsided, you know, the wrong way. Um, some homeless nonprofit leaders and advocates have spoken out in favor of it, and others have started a campaign called How's Our Neighbors to encourage Seattle voters to say no. All right. But then what is your if you're going to say no to this, what is your option to make this situation better? What are you advocating? That's real world to me. Because I hear a lot of and part of the reason I podcast is because I hear a lot of gibberish in the background of people making noise. Well, we need to do this. We need to think about that. You got to get in and do something at some point. And that time is now. Right? I mean, it just is. It's go time. 
you know, you could you could throw in a lot of sports metaphors here. It's fourth and down. The chips, the stakes have never been higher. Nah, you just got to do something. That's what I see this as, right? So in fact, how's our neighbors has alleged uh, signature gatherers for Compassion Seattle have been misleading voters and launched an effort to get anyone who felt they'd been misled to take their signature off. All right. I mean, there's always going to be some of that. The fact that they've got like double the voter votes that they need. Um, okay, so, so you want to go down that road? No, we really don't like the compassion Seattle. I think people don't like it because it, it, it does draw a hard line. It's like, all right, if we've got space for these people and they don't want to go, we clear them out. And I think that's what you have to have in the parks. I think that's what you have to have out in front of businesses. Because we're literally going to go to a situation where if you're 11 feet away from a business or a residence, you're okay. Just, ah, it's okay. Your tent there is fine. You know, it's some of this stuff that's like, no, you got to clear them out. That's a business area. You can't just have people living willy-nilly everywhere. That's a hard no-go. That's a no-go in my books anyway. We have to come together to defeat this corporate developer and millionaire backed amendment. All right, that's who business guys are. They're corporate guys sometimes. They're developers. Yeah, that's who guys that's who that that's who make cities. Developers. All right. Are they bad guys? Well, in this storyline, if you're, you know, a housing advocate and um, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be Darth Vader, right? Oh, evil. Yeah, you got that deep breathing. And millionaire backed amendments. All right, business guys are millionaires. All right. But we're doing something here because the city isn't really doing much about what's going on with our streets and the business environment that we're talking about, which is downtown. You want to take a look at a really good example of that? Take a drive through Portland. Tell me what that looks like. Take a drive through downtown LA. Tell me what that looks like. Take a drive through Skid Row. Let me know how those businesses are going. Let me know what you think of that, like living environment. I mean, it's it's like a bunch of zombies walking around, right? I mean, it's scary. There's some, that's why the, you know, um, German and Venice and a whole bunch of other YouTube channels have done so well, just basically driving around documenting the city's streets of these areas, because people are like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. This is crazy that our cities have let this happen. And they did. They let it happen. And granted, during the pandemic, you're not supposed to sweep homeless encampments because you might spread the Rona. I get that. But then you've also got this flip side of, all right, you got a few Rona cases versus some exploding propane tanks, catching buildings on fire, people killing each other, murders happening, rapes happening, assault, theft. I mean, you name it, prostitution, sex out in the open. I mean, these are all things that happen when these homeless encampments just multiply and explode and grow and grow and grow without a sweep. That's, that's literally what we're watching unfold in front of us, right? And we've seen that. And I've covered all those stories right here. So it's not like we're, you know, when I say murder, I'm not talking about something that happened back, you know, in one incident somewhere. We had one a few weeks ago in Seattle. In um, what park was it? 
Oh, it's a decent area of of Seattle. It's north of the University of Washington district. Um, Ravenna it happened to Ravenna Park. Guy blasted a guy in his tent. I mean, just you know, crazy stuff going on. And so there's that catch 22. All right, you can't CDC recommends don't move them. All right. And so they get all comfortable. And they're, you know, they're, they're hunkered down in their housing environment. And then businesses are like, okay, wait a minute, we're open now. And we got to it's go time, we got to go. And a lot of neighborhoods are like, all right, we're going back to school, but we can't send our kids back to school with this stuff going on. I don't need little Johnny to see the craziness that happens, you know, ODs, naked guys getting hauled out of homeless encampments next to a K through eight school. Um, that's a story. That's a real story. I mean, just some some craziness going on. And when I say crazy, I mean, literally, people who need help who are living in said homeless encampments, doing stuff that given their mental situation, is totally normal. That's completely normal. And that's why you shouldn't have them living next to a school. And they, they shouldn't be on the streets by themselves, because not only do they endanger themselves, they endanger others. And the bottom line is they need help. And yet the responses that the cities have is kind of like, well, we love our fellow human beings so much, we're going to just give them some clean needles and hope this works out and goes away. And in that, you know, that's a massive oversimplification. And they are providing some housing, but not nearly enough. So this uh, initiative basically says, all right, you're going to build it. It's kind of like a lighting a fire under somebody's rear end, right? So the Seattle city clerk said requests to withdraw signatures are still coming in. So they won't have a final count until next week. I think this thing moves forward. And I think it becomes this is one of those storylines that becomes kind of one of those tipping points of I, I don't know how the homeless advocates are going to be able to say, well, yeah, things are okay. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're working towards solutions and we've got some stuff going and, and there is some of that happening, but you need kind of a big solution right now. And this is one of them that from what I've read and the people that I've talked to, it's like, okay, they're doing something. And of course this comes from, you know, business backed, backed leaders, because they're, you know, they see things a little bit more black and white, like I do, because um, I'm a small business leader, I'm not a, you know, a, a big guy, like some of these, the, the folks that are involved with um, the downtown Seattle Association. Um, but for me, it's, it's not rich guys that are saying, hey, we just, you know, this isn't a good look for us. It's guys, rich guys, and business leaders who are trying to operate businesses and yet the city has said, yeah, you can't really move them and we're not going to really help you out. They're coming up with legislation. They're coming up with this program that would basically kind of change the way things would go moving forward. Will it pass? Man, I, I don't know. I think it'll get on the ballot. And then we'll just have to see because city, city of Seattle, I mean, look at the elected officials we have in the city of Seattle. It's kind of like, oh, Okay, well, that explains a lot. You got a lot of officials that aren't real, you know, they're not real business savvy. There's like, I think there's one, the, uh, what is it, the owner and founder of Fremont Brewing, Brewery and Brewing, that's what I just said, combo word. It's a new word, by the way. Um, you know, she's a mayor, a candidate uh, for mayor, city of Seattle, Fremont Brewing um, lady, 
individual person get so afraid to say pronouns now, right? It's like, oh, am I de- identifying correctly? Got to make sure I don't step on any lines here. Because I'm old and I might say something that just, you know, you say something accidentally and you're like, I was, I was oh, that's, an, that's a word that's no longer allowed. I got I to gotta put that in my mental dictionary of how we describe people. Because we wouldn't want to offend anybody. We can't have that. Um, so... Yeah, this is a this is a deal coming out. I've had so many of you saying, "Hey, have you covered this one?" And I think I've talked about it, but I haven't covered it specifically. But this is in response to the homeless situation that in so many neighborhoods has become a major major issue. I've got people, I've got a, a situation where I've got somebody who wants to sell a property in Ballard and it's right by the Ballard Commons. That's pretty sketchy. It's kind of a park area. And that's pretty sketchy because of the extensive amount of homelessness that's taken place in that area. And so you don't want to, you don't want to tell anybody, hey, your house is not marketable right now. But if you have a home that needs to be sold, and you've got its backs up to a homeless encampment, that is a form of external depreciation. On an appraisal, you would literally state there is a large homeless encampment, which could be swept at any given point in time. However, it's here. It was there on the date that I did my inspection. Here is a photo of it. It does impact marketing. That's how a homeless encampment impacts value on an appraisal. That is literally what you do. It's there today down the road that could be swept. We don't know. It's unknown what will happen with said homeless encampment. But today, there's a large segment of buyers who won't buy something necessarily abutting a homeless encampment or in an area where there's a lot of influence from that. We have something called a neighborhood review period. It's kind of like it's another, if you aren't super familiar with the neighborhood, you can put in the neighborhood review um, addendum which basically gives you the right, say, say you give, give yourself three days, you, you tell the seller, all right, I would like to make an offer. And I'd love to get to mutual acceptance on your home. I want to figure out a deal that we can that's, you know, advantageous a price that's that works for both of us. But I want three days after mutual acceptance when both parties have signed to review the neighborhood. And that's one of those things that would come up is if you go to your local 7-Eleven, which you know, I'm a big fan of, and you've got a really difficult process of walking into said 7-Eleven, that might deter you from buying a home in that neighborhood. If you go to, if you walk by the local park and it's just loaded up with tents, that might make you think twice about buying a home in that neighborhood. And is that the only situation that really impacts people where you've got these homeless encampments? No, you got a, you got kids walking around. Do you want that influence on kids? No. And that's why the whole K through eight, Broadview K through eight school in um, kind of midtown Seattle has drawn so much attention because you've literally got, you know, a metal cyclone fence separating a, you know, K through eight, kindergarten through eighth grade school in Seattle. And I don't know how many uh, 911 calls and calls to the fire department. Fire happens in homeless encampments. There's all kinds of reasons where we need to get these people help, get them the housing that they need so that they aren't either choosing or forced to live on the streets in front of businesses, in parks, where people should be able to enjoy those parks, get them the help that they need, 
work on a program to fix it. That's kind of what the downtown Seattle Association is doing here. That's the way I see it. But then again, I'm a business owner, right? That's the perspective I have. So I know a lot of folks are going to say, ah, Sean, you're not being compassionate to your fellow human being. And what I think of is I was driving on the freeway yesterday going over to Seattle, cleaning up my boat after a 4th of July uh, extravaganza, very fun, a lot of people, all the people that made it. Hey, that was fun, right? It was warm, we had great, great uh, weather on the 4th of July. But my boat needed a cleanup. It was, it, it, I think we hauled out uh, 12 big bags of garbage, if that kind of tells you something. You know, you can't, uh, you don't want to starve and you don't want to get dehydrated on a 4th of July event. So, and that stuff's got to get hauled out. So we're doing that. But as I was driving over, I looked at, um, there's a section of I-5 coming into downtown. It's a super steep terrain. And there was, you know, on, on yet another homeless encampment there, new tents, different tents since the last time I'd been on that portion of I-5 and, you know, gone past that. And all I can think of is that is a brutal place to be living. You're on a super steep terrain. I don't know how many degrees it was. But yeah, you know, when you talk about hiking up a pretty steep, you know, incline, that would be that imagine staking a tent to that imagine having all of your stuff roll to said bottom of the tent. Because if it's outside of your tent, it's going to roll down the hillside probably into the guardrail of the freeway, not to mention the noxious fumes from the freeway. You've got what, eight or 10 lanes of freeway there, you got an express lane. And this is where people are choosing to live, forced to live. Nah, I think we can do better. So forcing the city to build some more housing, I'm okay with that. Having the option if there's, you know, if there's room in that housing for people, hey, you need to go there. You can't be in front of this business. You can't be camped out in front of this business. You can't be in camped in this park. You can't be in, you know, in this green belt area. You can't, that's a no go in a lot of cities, maybe cities that you're in now. And maybe that's why you're tuning into the Seattle real estate podcast. Cause you're shocked at what a freak show some of these West coast cities and, you know, East coast cities have become because you don't see a lot of this in the Midwest. Do you? No, you just don't. They figured out how to manage it. We're at a position where we've had a crisis for six years, and it's just getting worse. So it's cleanup time. It's cleanup time in Seattle. It's cleanup time in a lot of other cities. This is how this is one proposal of how to handle it. I'd say the odds are 50-50 that this bad boy goes through, maybe less, maybe less, because it just seems like every political thing that I look at that I think is a good idea. Yeah, it doesn't happen in Seattle. Hopeless in Seattle. That should be a new movie, right? Hopeless in Seattle. <laughs> and I don't even live in Seattle, but I spent a lot of time there and it's, it is an epic city. Um, but it's definitely had its challenges, right? It's, it's had some challenges and we're working our way through some challenges. That's how you spin. It's got, it's still got a lot of potential and it's an up and comer. It's a diamond in the rough. It needs some fixing. And it doesn't need nearly as much as, as Portland does, but it's definitely got some stuff going on that you're like, hmm. But what's happening with our economy is people are going back to their work in downtown. That is a happening. And so when you've got businesses that are kind of grouping together saying, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're proposing. I think you take a look at it because whether good, bad, or indifferent, business guys get stuff done. You might not like the way it goes. It might be viewed as a little incentive. But that a lot of times, if you look through who's like doing stuff, 
stuff that actually gets worked out and happens. Bunch of business guys. It's kind of how the world works, right? Okay, that's it for me on this one. Thank you so much for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. If you disagree with my assessment, let me know in the comments. I'm okay with that. I get a lot of stuff where people are saying, Sean, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm okay with that. Let me know what I'm not, you know, not bringing to the table, or maybe a different storyline, or maybe a different idea. Maybe it's something about public safety. I know a lot of people are like, hey, Sean, you said everybody should wear a helmet. Oh, everybody should be able to manage their own personal safety on their own accord and not have to wear a helmet. Talking about bike helmets. I still think it's a good idea to wear a bike helmet. But that's just me. I'm a business guy. Yeah. Let me know in the comments what you think. So, again, thanks so much for being here. Love to have you subscribe if you haven't so far. Um, all that good YouTube stuff. Thanks again. I'll talk soon. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.